Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for the Natural State Football Report with Clint Conk. Taking a closer look at football across the great state of Arkansas with the winningest coach in UCA history. The Natural State Football Report is brought to you by Farm Brothers Flying Service. For the past decade, they've been providing crop dusting services to the farmers of Southeast Arkansas, and they can help you too. Now, let's toss around the pigskin in the zone with Justin, Wes, and the coach. The coach, Clint Kong, joins us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Coach, how are you? Doing well down here visiting uh, with some friends of ours from uh, Clarendon, Arkansas. So I'm mm. down in the Delta country today. Nice. Sorry I couldn't be in studio. No, it's okay. I'm. Uh, it's better than not having you. So uh, I appreciate, I appreciate the phone call. Uh, yeah. Where to start? Where to start? Uh, let's go. Uh, let's start with the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, you gave us a name last week, and uh, I. You know what? I was intrigued, and I even did some uh, research and. Started looking up some of the Georgia Tech offensive numbers and finding out about Buster Faulkner and and I see yesterday a, a guy that um, he's on Arkansas oh he's on Twitter and I I, f- I know enough of, about his tweets to realize he's been right a lot and has some he has some good sources and it's a uh, uh, hog, hog anonymous on Twitter uh, but he's uh, had some. Some good stuff. And so anyway, he said yesterday that Faulkner has, uh, said he's not interested, or let it be known, he's not interested in the OC position. So I, I got to admit, Coach, I was a little disappointed. I thought maybe this would be a good guy for Arkansas. Well, Buster Faulkner is an outstanding football coach, uh, as I mentioned last week. And, of course, not a lot of people know that name. Uh, he did spend some time at, uh, on my staff at Central Arkansas in a short period of time at Arkansas State. But uh, Buster's an excellent football coach, uh, very innovative did a wonderful job uh, on Kirby Smart's staff as a off-the-field analyst for three years, got him a couple of national championship rings, and then, of course, uh, what we discussed and what you're mentioning is that he turned around Georgia Tech's offensive football team this year. So um, just the connections to – and I have not, I have not talked to, to Buster. Uh, I will here in the next you know few days, but um, he's going to have a lot of options. And uh, I don't know if Arkansas took a swing and a miss or Buster's just not interested. Uh, I do think that he will probably be in play for the head coaching position at Middle Tennessee State. Hmm. Uh, He spent uh, uh, several years there uh, as the quarterback coach and offensive coordinator at Middle Tennessee, and that job just recently came open. So I would suspect that he'll he'll be in play for that job, but He's done a wonderful job there in Atlanta, Georgia Tech, and uh, it would it would have been a great get for Arkansas had had you know it worked out with Buster. But he did a wonderful job on my staff, and success has pretty much followed him offensively every place he's been. Coach, I've seen enough of these searches, and and it tells me sometimes when guys start saying they're not interested in this job or they're pulling out of uh, you know consideration, it means Arkansas has their guy, and you know it's not. Not saving face, but it's it's just a way of getting out, and you you, you know this wasn't the job for you. Do you feel like right. maybe that is this a sign that uh, that Pittman's close to announcing that maybe they do have someone? You, you just don't know. Um, I, I will tell you this, and, and and we talked about this last week. I'm not sure that it needs to be somebody with head coaching experience. 
although that would be a bonus, and we talked about the reasons why. You know, Barry Odom was a sounding board as a former head coach at Missouri. He was a sounding board for a uh, first-time head coach in San Pittman, and uh, he doesn't have that on staff now. With that being said, though, uh, I think the most important thing is getting a successful offensive coordinator that's innovative, that's going to be able to relate to the players uh, and, and, and be creative on that side of the football. Um, I do think, though, it's going to take a good, given the circumstances at Arkansas right now, Wes, it's going to take a good bit of money and probably a multi-year deal guaranteed uh, you know, to, to, to get a successful coordinator to come to Fayetteville, given the um, situation and the, you know, the, the way this season played out. And, um, you know, let's be honest, Coach Pittman's got one year to turn it around. And uh, not that it can be done, but it's going to be difficult. And somebody that would leave a secure position to come to Arkansas is going to need that type of security for he and his family. And so I'm sorry it didn't work out for Buster. Uh, maybe he does have his guy. It's hard to say. Uh, but I do think it'll take a multi-year deal and a, and a boatload of money to get a successful sitting coordinator from uh, college football right now. Yesterday afternoon, we had uh, the news breaking on uh, Twitter. Chris Poupal, the linebacker, was going to enter the transfer portal. I've been told by two different uh, sources that uh, it's it's nothing about against Pittman. It's it's basically we got a salary cap at Arkansas, and uh, as a head coach now, and it kind of blows my mind. You have these exit interviews or end of the year interviews, and you talk to a player, and you're offering him a salary basically for next year. Here's what we got for you. And I was told by uh, one source that uh, Chris Poupal has more than double out there in offers uh, from what he could get at Arkansas. And so that was one of the reasons, if not the reason, that he's decided to leave, that he can make double the money somewhere else. I'm curious, How does this work, Coach? How are these kids finding out? Who, who do the other schools contact to let the kid know that you have this offer and you have this money? It blows my mind. Well, I think they're going through a third party. Uh, it could be the parents. Or, uh, more than likely, it's probably the high school coach or the junior college coach. And uh, they're they're relaying that information to the student athlete, saying, hey, XYZ University uh, really needs an outside linebacker of your skill set, and they're willing to pay X number of dollars if you're interested uh, in leaving Arkansas. And uh, And that, to me, from what I understand, that that's how it's working, and I don't think there's, in too many cases, direct contact until the player gets in the portal. I think prior to them entering the portal, it's going through third parties, parents, high school, junior college coaches, things like that, and then that information is relayed to the players. And Lane Kiffin said it best, Wes. Uh, starting Friday, it is going to be, and it's already started, but it's going to be the wild, wild west, and. Until the NCAA or Congress or somebody steps in and puts some guardrails, uh, they're trying to do that with the portal as far as restricting the time. I, I still think it's a little too generous, uh, but also put guardrails on, you know, each school you can have, you know, $15 million or $10 million or, you know, your collective can raise this much money, but everybody has got to live by that same that's what the NFL does. 
you know, you know, for the NBA, I think everybody has a salary cap. But college football right now has really become the wild, wild west. And so the Texas A&M's, the Texas's, you know, the programs at the top of the food chain that have the most support, and the most money, those are the guys that are going to win the bidding wars. And uh, it reminds me when I was coaching Division Two football. I mean, you may offer a guy a half scholarship, and the next school offers him three quarters, and you come back with a full, and then you come back with a full plus books. And, I mean, uh, these kids are going to get the most that they can get. I mean, they're young once, they're healthy. You never know what the future holds. But I think they're going through third parties, uh, particularly the high school and junior college coaches. And it's become a bidding war, and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, there's a chance that Arkansas is going to lose some, some more good football players. Yeah, in the last couple of minutes, probably the last 15 minutes, Jordan Crook, another linebacker, has entered the transfer portal. So uh, yeah. he, he was a backup and uh, played at times. He filled in for you know when guys had injuries and on special teams. But uh, it's another – Well, and in his situation, it may be – the portal may be a good thing for him in the fact that he may get a chance to go someplace uh, for more playing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for guys like Paul that were starters and other high-profile players across the country, you wonder why is he leaving, you know, Pitt to go to USC or why is he leaving Georgia to go to wherever. It's either because of playing time or they're getting more money. And uh, maybe in this young man's case, it's an opportunity to go someplace and, and maybe start. So it's the Wild West, man. And, uh, yeah, you know, whether you like Lane Kiffin or not or agree with him or not, uh, I think he's spot on here. There's got to be some guardrails put on the uh, NIL money. I've uh, kind of put the Missouri game to rest already. Is there anything that you wanted to uh, – I know how uh, meticulous you are and the notes that you take. Was there anything you wanted to uh, get off your chest from that game Friday? Well, you can't – well, first of all, you lose arguably your best player on offense at this point, and that's uh, Jefferson. And, uh, and then you bring in – so there's two things there. You can't win – Football games, I don't care what level you're on, turn the ball over four or five times, and that's what Arkansas did. And then I think it's hard to evaluate uh, the backup quarterback situation uh, because of the, the the issues we've had with the offensive line. At times, you know, we look, you know, proficient, but at other times, you know, look like a, a young player trying to, you know, navigate his way in an SEC football game. So um, just – not good, Wes. It's just not good football. And it's really shocking and surprising how poorly they played at home. What, that happened to me one year, uh, many years ago. We didn't play well at home. And so I had to go back during the offseason. You talk about exit interviews and those kind of things and evaluate what we're doing with our players from Thursday to Saturday. And, uh, uh, and then eventually we made a few subtle changes and, and, and we got to playing better at home. But it's really shocking to me how poorly they played at home this year. And uh, and then, again, the other thing from that game is you can't turn it over four times against a really good team. And uh, mm-hmm. and then the other thing, too, I was surprised how easily Missouri ran the ball. Um, I mean, they've got, you know, a great running back, but, you know, I was surprised that they're going to run the outside zone and they're going to run it to the left a lot, mm-hmm. and they couldn't stop it. And uh, that kind of shocked me, too. I was very impressed with their offensive line, I, and I know they were up for the Joe Moore Award, but uh, they had they did a great job of blocking it up. West player development. I mean, they got a true freshman, I think, starting up there. I hmm. mean, just they weren't like massive dudes, but I mean, great footwork, great hips, great leverage. They played through the echo of a whistle. They finished blocks. Uh, 
Arkansas looked like Velcro at times, couldn't get on blocks. The edge was getting, you know, condensed and, and hooked. And, uh, again, just they're going to run the outside zone. They're going to run it to the left, and they couldn't stop it. And that running back was uh, – whatever accolades he gets, he deserves it because that's a hard-nosed dude that can, you know, runs physical, and he's got speed. So, uh, yeah, a forgettable game uh, on Friday after Thanksgiving. I think I did the math yesterday. You got outscored 103 to like 31 at home. At home. Mm. Against SEC opponents. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, I would think one of the things that they'll probably do at some point is evaluate what they're doing with the players uh, from a focus standpoint. You know, uh, I always like to keep our players engaged pretty late into Friday night, whatever that looked like, whether it be a a later team dinner, a movie, uh, certainly, you know, where they had let, I'm not trying to run it like a prison, but where they had less uh, free time. Free time, yeah. Some programs make you give up your your cell phone. You know, that, I mean, that sounds pretty rough. But um, uh, there's some programs that you know you drop your cell phone off on Friday, and uh, we'll give it to you after the game. But I don't know what it is, but it's really surprising to me uh, that they played as poorly as they did at home. Did you take them to the theater, or did you just watch a movie like in the facilities? We've done both. We've done both. Take them, you know, get the buses, take them to a theater to watch a movie, or we bring in a movie and, you know, have popcorn, Snickers bars, and you know, cold drinks and things like that. I mean, we've we tried a lot of different things because, uh, and you know, there were times that when we could do it, we take them to hotels and kind of lock them up that way. But uh, which is what Arkansas does. Mm-hmm. But you know. Uh, I'm sure they've got to evaluate that because there, there's something internally um, where those kids aren't coming out very focused, uh, ready to play, and, and you, you know you, you lose the home field advantage that way pretty quick. Clint Conk with us. It's the Natural State Football Report brought to you by Farm Brothers Flying Service. Let's talk about Arkansas State. Uh, I was hoping they'd finish the season with another win going to UMass, uh, but uh, they'll finish the year 6-6 six and six and wait for a bowl destination. Yeah, you know, um, I'm sure they're disappointed. They made a, a, a late push. I think Marshall, it was 28-21, something like that. Uh, they got within one score late in the game, didn't play as well as they'd like to early, got behind 21 nothing, and then, you know, played catch-up from there. But ultra-successful season in my book. Uh, go from three wins to six wins, bowl eligibility. Hey, how about the Sunbelt Conference, West? Yeah. 12 out of 14 schools are bowl eligible and will be playing in a bowl game. And Arkansas State uh, is part of that uh, part of that equation. So congratulations to Coach Jones and his staff and the players. Again, I go back to the, the move to the freshman quarterback, uh, Rayner, and uh, he did a phenomenal job with that team. He's only going to get better. And then those two, you know, Arkansas products uh, uh, did a great job running the football this year. So uh, I know they're disappointed the way they ended the year. But here's the big thing. The most important thing from this is not the actual bowl game. Yes, they're going to want to win that. And they'll prepare. It's the extra practices, Wes, that they'll have between now and, and their bowl game for player development, fundamentals, uh, extra strength training, you know, those kind of things. And so uh, just a overall very successful year. Really happy for the group up in Jonesboro. Coach, we have a college football game in the state this weekend, and it's up in Searcy. Harding will uh, host a quarterfinal game, a chance to move on, and uh, all right, I guess it's yeah, quarterfinal game. Um, yep. What 
First of all, how have you ever won a game on a blocked extra point? Uh, no, but we did block an extra point to send the game into a second overtime, uh, or block the field goal, I should mm-hmm. say, uh, to send the game into uh, a double overtime that we ended up winning. Uh, but I have never won a game with a block <laughs> extra point, and wow. And that that is a great win for them. That gives great credibility for Harding moving forward in the future. It also gives great credibility for the Great American Conference that Harding, you know, has been able to advance now to the quarterfinal round. Um, they've been few and far between over the years, as good as Washita and Henderson and Harding have been. A lot of them get knocked out in the first, maybe second round. So uh, this is a, a great get. They get Grand Valley State. Uh, a perennial Division II team. Um, by the way, Brian Kelly uh, started his career at Grand Valley State as Division II head coach and went to Cincinnati and then Notre Dame and now LSU. So this program has been really, really good for 20, 25 years and uh, ought to be a heck of a game. Uh, I saw the crowd, man. It was a great crowd in Cersei last week. So I anticipate another uh, exciting game, and hopefully they can advance now to the semifinals. Great season that Coach Simmons has had. What do you like most about that team? Because their offensive numbers are outstanding and their defensive numbers are outstanding. Yeah, I, I, you know, we talk about line of scrimmage leagues to be able to run the football and defend the run. I mean, they're averaging like 400 yards a game rushing. Am I right on that? I mean, yeah, over. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. So they can run the football, run game travels, and then they're playing great defense, great scoring defense, and they're defending the run. And they kind of got into a little bit of a shootout with Central Missouri, very offensive-minded uh, football team. But uh, hey, they made the one play when they had to make it, and now they advance. But I really like the ruggedness and the toughness. And that's what Harding's been for since I've known about the program. Always been a very physical, hard-nosed, tough football program. And Coach Simmons' squad this year is no different. Coach, let's take a break, and uh, when we come back, uh, talk a little high school football because we've got five state championship games this weekend. We've got four semifinal games Friday night. It is a fun time for high school football fans. And so is Clint Cock, Natural State Football Report, brought to you by Farm Brothers Flying Service. Coach, let's talk some high school football. i got to give you props. You you, you told us uh, Fayetteville a couple weeks ago would win the 7A championship, and they uh, held off Conway, and we've got an all-7A West finals with Bentonville and Fayetteville. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. Obviously, disappointed a Central Arkansas team didn't sneak in there from somebody, but, uh, you know, arguably the two best teams, you know, uh, throw Conway in there, two of the, the three best teams in the state probably are, are playing for the championship. You know, I think Fayetteville beat Bentonville early in the year. Mm-hmm. Bentonville's playing really good football. It's hard to beat a really good team twice in the same year. I expect that to be a shootout. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm going to pick Fayetteville because I picked them early, but uh, uh, ought to be a great game on Saturday between those two programs, you oh. know, historic programs. You know, I don't know how many state championships between them they have in the 2000s, but uh, – you know, Daryl Patton had a great run. Uh, uh, Lunny had a great run up at Bentonville. So, uh, two great historic mm-hmm. programs. I'm sure they'll empty Northwest Arkansas. It'll be a 
a big show here uh, here in Little Rock on Saturday. I was very impressed with Bentonville, what they did in the second half against Bryant, to, to be able to pull yeah. away. Uh, you know, it was back and forth in the first half, and the second half they just took control of that game on the road against the five-time defending champs and, and put them away. I mean, that, Yeah, to do, and like you said, to do that on the road in Bryant, that is an extremely difficult place to play with a lot of history. So, uh, like I said, it's hard to beat a good team twice in the same season. Uh, I'm pulling for Fayetteville because I picked them, but uh, it ought to be an explosive football game. And 6A, uh, one of the – I mean, it was just a fantastic game. Uh, I watched the second half of Little Rock Christian Academy and Benton. Uh, came down to the last drive, and Benton had the ball down seven, and uh, they had a big play. They um, get that chunk play that they needed. It looked like they were going to be in position to uh, score a touchdown and either and get an extra point to send it to overtime or maybe go for two and, and to win the game, but – uh, give uh, Little Rock Christian Academy the uh, credit because they uh, came from behind, knocked the ball loose from the receiver and recovered the fumble, and they were able to get a first down and win the game. And now they get Greenwood, a rematch uh, from earlier this season in the 6A finals. Well, it's at a neutral site uh, and actually probably more favoring Little Rock Christian. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd kind of pick Benton, I believe, in the 6A. But, you know, Little Rock Christian championship teams find a way to make plays and you know, big-time moments, and, and they made those plays. Greenwood has been consistent throughout the year. Again, ought to be another heck of a football game. Uh, obviously, we're pulling for the, the Central Arkansas team, but, you know, uh, Greenwood, you know, that young quarterback, and, uh, again, it, it ought to be another high-scoring, I think, high-scoring football game, and uh, uh, the fans will – you stay for both of those games, and you're going to get your money's worth, I believe. No doubt. Think about the quarterback play in this game, Coach, with Walker White going to Auburn. And then yep. Kane Archer already has you know an offer from Arkansas and looked upon as one of the best young quarterbacks in the country. That that's a great quarterback play you get to see in that game. That's worth the, the price of admission right there. Yeah, two two SEC caliber quarterbacks, no question about it. One that'll be going here shortly to Auburn. The other one has SEC offers, another major college offer. So uh, again, uh, two great programs, two great football teams, and you know Greenwood. Uh, is here just about every year, it seems like. So uh ought to be a great game. I think there'll be a lot of offense. I think this is a, a platform for both quarterbacks to really show out. And uh, Again, that would be the, the worth the price of admission, no question about it. In 5A, we have a rematch from last year. It's Shiloh Christian in Parkview. Uh, Shiloh had a big second-half comeback in, in Pine Bluff to win that game. And after the game, we, uh, we talked to Bo Williams, their uh, stud running back, and he said, man, this is what we wanted. We wanted to get another shot at Parkview. Uh, they lost by 10 in the state championship game last year, and it's, you know, it's, it's been something that they've been uh, wanting to, to get a little revenge all year, and now they get that chance. I think this is going to be a fun game. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. I mean, both programs, I mean, Bowling has his team playing well again, and, you know, both programs are used to being in the state championship game. I mean, Shiloh Christian has great pedigree. Parkview recently, uh, with the emergence uh, of the program under under Coach Bowling, and and uh, uh, again, I mean, both programs are accustomed to be on this stage, and uh, again, worth the price of admissions. I think you got the two best teams. I was shocked that they went down to, to Pine Bluff and pulled away like they did, but that just goes to show you the the mental toughness of that football team and, and how good they are. They're very disciplined. You know, I think they went to Pine Bluff and they went to Valley View and mm-hmm. one on the road. So it's a battle-tested Shiloh team. And so I expect that to be a great game. I pick Parkview, but um, I'm hoping that the local, you know, home 
hometown product wins. But, again, two programs that are accustomed to being there on that platform uh, ought to be a heck of a game. Brad Bolding will join us here in about 15 minutes uh, to talk about uh, Parkview and their matchup with Shiloh Christians. Uh, in 2A, we got EPC and Bigelow. And Bigelow, quite a story, Coach. They, they got some young young kids on that team that they're used to winning championships and playing for championships. Yeah, and, and EPC has had a great year as well. Uh, again, I'm going to consider Bigelow a Central Arkansas team. I mean, just south of Conway there. But, uh, uh, again, probably the, the two best teams playing the best anyway uh, are playing in this matchup. So, uh uh, Hazen was knocked off earlier, and uh, you know they won't get to defend. But uh, another great game with EPC and, and, and Bigelow, and um, I'm hopeful hopeful that the, the Central Arkansas team again will come out on top. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. Bryant's out, PA's out. You got Parkview with the chance to repeat. Uh, Malvern's yeah. out, so uh, that they won't repeat. Uh, we were just three, talking last Charleston week. There was out. Like, Ten or eleven Central Arkansas teams that had a chance to get there. Yeah, I was just talking about teams that have a chance to repeat, and I guess it's Parkview. They're the only ones left. Yeah, huh? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Little Rock Parkview. We got uh, four semifinal games Friday night in four A. It's Harding Academy and Elkins. I got to watch Elkins last week at CAC. They are impressive, and Harding Academy is very impressive too. That that's going to be a shootout right there. That may be the preview to the state championship game there, or the state champion. Um, that'd be a lot of offense. Elkins is averaging probably 40, 50 points a game. Harding Academy right up there with them. Uh, again, Harding Academy has the championship pedigree. Uh, they are on the road at Elkins. Um, I picked Elkins to win the state championship, but uh, I think the winner of that game has a really good – I mean, I'd probably make them the favorite to win the state championship. And on the other side – Warren has to go to Rivercrest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rivercrest has been a little bit of a surprise for me. Warren is not. Uh, uh, you know, Bo has a great team down there at Warren, but uh, uh, I tell you, if I had to buy a ticket between the two, I'd be I'd be in Elkins to watch Harding Academy mm-hmm. and Elkins play because uh, I think that both of the teams in the bottom bracket there, Warren and Rivercrest, have a hard time keeping up with either Harding Academy or Elkins. In 3A, Glen Rose rolls over Junction City. Now this week, though, they got a tough one going to Boonville, and Boonville's been number one in a lot of polls pretty much all year in 3A. Yeah, and a very physical Boonville team, big, strong. Uh, Glen Rose does have some athletic components to it. Boonville's just going to be a very physical, grinded uh, type of uh, you know attack. Uh, ought to be a, a little bit, because I think Glen Rose throws it around quite a bit, so I think it's going to be a contrast of two different playing styles. But going to Boonville is never easy. And then the other semifinals, Prescott and Mansfield. Mansfield goes out on the road and wins again. Uh, it shows you how impressive that uh, Conference 1 and 3A was. They've got Boonville and Mansfield still in it. And then you had Charleston, that was the 2C, that got knocked out. But that that was a tough conference, and it shows, you, or shows me that uh, that conference got them ready for the playoff push. No question about it, and, but I'm proud to see Prescott kind of advancing. You know, it's been a number of years since they've been, uh, and they may have made it to the semifinals last year. I can't remember, but it's good to see them back on that stage again. There's some wonderful athletes uh, in that part of the state with Nashville and so forth. But uh, uh, again, I think the Glen Rose Boonville winner would probably you know be the favorite to win the state championship. Although Mansfield's having one of those magical seasons, you know. So uh, all good football. Hey, we're down now to where every play matters, every play, you know. And so even got the uh, eight-man 
you know, championship this week too, Spring Hill and Rector. So, um, you know, it, it comes down matter of inches, turnovers, first downs, uh, who can make the big play in the crucial moments. And so uh, somebody, I guess five teams will be walk, uh, three teams will be walking away with a state championship uh, here this. How many? How many this weekend? Five. West? Five. Yeah, we got Thursday, yeah, two teams. Friday, that'll two be, Saturday. Yep, there'll be five teams. Uh, uh, walking away with with a championship, and uh, every play will be magnified, and it's some great games. So I hope everybody will get out that's in town and get over to the stadium and uh, support you know high school football. Coach, thank you. Have a great week. Hey, thanks to Farm Brothers again, and we're going to get Lance on. I'm going to talk to him here this week. Maybe okay, try to get him on in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we're uh, what about one, two, three, four days, nah, eleven days away from opening day at Oakland. Yeah, and he's got four horses that I know that he's very yeah. hopeful of getting down here and uh, and running in this meet several times. So uh, we'll get him on soon and uh, talk some horse racing. Sounds good. Thanks, Coach. Have a great week.